This is The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight, San Jose's first nonprofit news organization dedicated to independent political and business reporting. I'm your host, Editor Nick Preciado. With less than two months until the November election, local contests are heating up, most notably the race for San Jose mayor. On one side, you have San Jose Councilmember Matt Mahan in his first term on the city council, with a tech company background and the support of business groups, outgoing Mayor Sam Licardo, and a handful of previous mayors. On the other side is Santa Clara County Supervisor Cindy Chavez, who has decades of experience and the support of organized later, executives in the San Francisco 49ers football team, and even Carl Gardino, an ally and close friend of current Mayor Licardo. Both candidates sat down to talk about the issues at a recent forum hosted by San Jose Spotlight, and here with me for a post-forum discussion is Garrick Percival, a professor and chair of the Political Science Department at San Jose State. He teaches courses in local politics, public policy, and California government. Welcome back to the show, Garrick. Thanks for having me. So let's get right into this. What was your biggest takeaway from the candidate forum? Well, I think we're starting to see the point of the campaign where both candidates are going to be challenging each other, trying to create some some clear differences for, for voters on what they stand for, what they want to do with the city, probably expect some increasing tensions. I think we saw that in the in the recent forum that, uh, you know, disagreeing on things around their plans for, for housing and, and crime and so forth. But also, uh, I think we're starting to see signs that some, some more of the, the cultural issues around, you know, as we've seen in this campaign uh, around, you know, abortion, gun rights and so forth that we talk a lot about in national politics are increasingly not just only in this election, but in local elections more generally kind of creeping down at the local level. So, we may see more of that too. Uh, we didn't see a lot of that last night, but I think we might expect that in, in the in the last two months of the campaign. Yes, and you know, Garrick, it's interesting that you bring that up because this is something that I've been thinking about. This race to me is very reminiscent of the presidential race for 2016 in some regards. You have you know an establishment candidate, a woman establishment candidate, being challenged by a male uh, candidate from a, with a business background, uh, seen as you know a freshman newcomer, uh, getting support from a lot of outside. Uh, people who want to change from the establishment. And on the other hand, you have the people who support uh, the establishment candidate because they don't want somebody with a freshman perspective or somebody who's new to politics. Yeah, I think that's a that's a, that's a good comparison, uh, especially in terms of the, um, you know, we have a, a leading female candidate and Sanjay Chavez and certainly Hillary Clinton in, in 2016 against uh, Donald Trump. Actually, I was thinking more along the lines of 2012. Uh, of course, you had two male candidates for president, uh, Barack Obama versus Mitt Romney. But Mitt Romney brought, you know, a long history of, of sort of business background, um, having served in office uh, for a long time as well. Um, but uh, President Obama at the time had really gone deep into some of the uh, stances and uh, things that Romney did as a business leader to really hold that uh, over his head during the, the full campaign. And so uh, we're seeing, I think, Chavez trying to look back into Mahan's career as a, as a, as a businessman to try to bring up some of those things that his his company did some of the things that they said, some of the things that they tried to do, and and tag him as a as you know for the, those are his own positions, uh, and so I think that's an interesting strategy, and uh, we'll see if that continues. 
Right. And, and just for listeners, I, I also just want to make sure that I'm being fair, that the, the comparison with 2016 and, and um, these candidates, uh, Mahan is a uh, Democrat, so it's not a Democrat versus Republican in that regard. I just, I want to be clear for readers so that's not, not lost. Right, right. Both, both the candidates are Democrats uh, in terms of you do have some, 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 uh, some differences in terms of their sort of ideological makeup. makeup. Um, but yes, that's a, that's a great, it's a great point. We're both dealing with, uh, with Democrats in, in this race. Yeah. So um, what did the forum tell us in terms of uh, how these candidates differ? Where do they split on the issues? Well, I think some of the probably be no surprise to, to listeners that, you know, issues like housing and homelessness, uh, certainly public safety and crime, some of the big issues that were dealt with during the forum, and I think are, are sort of center to, to this campaign. And they really have been really in the last couple of election cycles. So these are in many ways, not new issues. I think certainly coming out of the, the pandemic, the homelessness uh, issue is, I think, front and center in a lot of people's minds. Um, so like, you know, homelessness is like, in many ways, of course, there are a lot of differences, but I'm talking about rising gas prices. And one of the reasons why, you know, sort of rising gas prices are so prominent in people's minds is because it affects their life, but also they see the prices on, you know, the side of the street uh, every day. And so homelessness is it's a problem that uh, is, you know, has a lot of human tragedy behind it, but also, you know, people can see it and it affects their, their communities. I think, you know, people want to do something to solve it and to help those people who are living on on the streets, but also improving the community. So I think that's a very uh, salient issue. And in political science, we talk about saliency. It means that people, it's on the top of people's minds and and certainly on the top of the uh, candidates' minds as well. Now, the conversation uh, at the forum last night got a little bit intense at times uh, with both candidates trying to set the record straight when it uh, it came to what the opponent said about them. Uh, For Mayhan, that was addressing Chavez's attacks related to guns and abortion, noting he's a pro-choice Democrat. Uh, and for Chavez, it was addressing claims that she's the architect of all that's wrong with local government over the last couple decades. What is your take on these attacks and the back and forth between candidates? And is this something that we've seen in past mayoral contests? Well, so Mahan's primary strategy, and I think this has been true from from the beginning of his campaign, is as run as an outsider, run against um, the system, so to speak, uh, running run against incumbents. Which it's it's a little strange in the sense that you know he's got the endorsement of the incumbent mayor, so um, that you know so he's running against those who are in power, but yet has the endorsement of the current mayor. So that that dynamic's a little strange, but um, you know, so I think you know he's really trying to you know hold Chavez and and what he perceives as her records are accountable for a lot of the problems and, and uh, around homelessness, uh, really attacking her record on the as county supervisor whereas chavez i think is really trying to paint mayhan as someone who's a political newcomer doesn't really understand the complexities of the issues i think during the forum she even mentioned that that you know he's basically held a press conference as she as she said why she's been in there working on these issues for the past uh you know 10 years um in the county and you know the reality is that these you know issues like homelessness and crime these are really complicated issues, and I think that um, you know at the local level we have a lot of overlapping jurisdictions between the county and the city and multiple cities, and even an issue like housing and homelessness is really a regional issue. So when it does count, come down to it in terms of you know trying to design policies and enforce policies, it, it does get complicated very quickly. We're going to take a short break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
Hello, Josh Bruce here, co-founder of San Jose Spotlight. Did you know that San Jose Spotlight is Silicon Valley's only nonprofit news organization? That's right. Our impact journalism is funded by generous readers like you. And this year, we have plans to expand our reporting to other cities in Santa Clara County. If you find value in our reporting, consider becoming a sustaining member today with a monthly or annual recurring donation by visiting our website, SanJoseSpotlight.com. Thank you. Now is the time to get your 2023 premium memberships at Gilroy Gardens Family Theme Park. If you buy now, you'll enjoy free admission for the rest of this year, which includes special events like the all-new Mystery Adventure Nights, as well as Halloween. Plus unlimited visits for all of 2023, not to mention free parking, in-park discounts, bring a friend free Fridays, and more. Members make the most memories. Get yours now at gilroygardens.org. In this... um race for San Jose mayor. There's also been a lot of focus on the police department and issues with officers, uh, most notably, or maybe most recently, uh, retention. Uh, Both candidates agree that there's a pipeline problem. And while Mahan wants to see another year of data uh, in order to understand if this uh, trend of declining applicants in the academy is is actually a trend, uh, while Chavez just wants to keep recruitment, uh, the bar for recruitment high to begin with. I'm curious to know how important this approach to public safety is when it comes to securing votes. I've, I've covered a few elections now, and I feel like public safety is always at least one of the top three issues that seem to be front and center. Yeah, public safety is huge um, in all, all levels of politics, but particularly at the local level, you, you know, for a city to thrive, for people to, to you know, for, for businesses to grow, for, you know, people to feel like they can go to the parks and enjoy the amenities of, of the places that they live, you need to have a, a safe space. And um, so public safety, policing is one of those areas that is the primary jurisdiction of local governments, uh, both city and county. So it's one of those areas where, you know, who is elected mayor, who's elected on the city council and the kinds of policies that they design is is really important. So, you know, crime and public safety is always at the forefront of people's minds, uh, especially in local elections. And so this uh, city of San Jose, of course, has struggled with trying to attract and retain uh, enough police officers. Uh, the city, you know, historically has had some of the lowest numbers of police officers for the city in large cities. The city has made some some gains in recent years with that, but it's a problem that's, I think, kind of con- continuing to exist. And then, of course, we're coming out of the pandemic where there's lots of people moving jobs and, uh, you know, for moving elsewhere, less expensive places to live, perhaps. We have growing numbers of retirements, you know, police officers hired in the 1990s who are now retiring. And so that's made up a lot of the, the reductions in, in or loss of officers in, in the last couple of years. So that, too, is a really complicated issue. I think both candidates have a sense that the, the police force needs to, to be rebuilt and, and try to build on uh, re- recent, uh, recent progress. Um, but aside from that, I think trying to think about, you know, how do you best attract officers? How do you retain them? What does that mean for the for cost to the city in terms of taxpayers and retirement packages and salaries? And those are all going to be questions that whoever becomes mayor are going to have to address. Now, I'd like to touch on a couple questions that were specific to each candidate. Um, we, we put each candidate in the hot seat and gave them a few unique questions that they could speak to without any kind of rebuttal or answer from the other uh, side. So, uh, as far as uh, Mahan goes, Mahan's been very outspoken about wanting to limit raises, uh, pay raises for elected officials and city department heads. Uh, he wants that to be tied with 
performance tracked goals uh, for things like reducing crime and homelessness. And at the forum, he even said that he'd take the issue to the ballot if need be. So th- this has become a, a talking point for his campaign. And I'm wondering if you feel this is something that resonates with voters. Is this something that's going to get him votes by championing this issue? And, and uh, on the latter half of that question is, is this something that the mayor of San Jose could even do based on the hiring structure of the city and also needing city council approval to get something on the ballot? My guess is, and I don't have evidence of this, but it certainly could be asked of, of uh, Mr. Mahan. My guess is this has probably been poll tested, um, that generally these kinds of things of holding elected officials accountable are popular with the voters. Term limits would be another example. You know, term limits, we have them in California. Most voters support them because, you know, it helps uh, at least a lot of people believe it, it keeps candidates uh, in check. The other, uh, another example would be, uh, you know, about a little over 10 years ago now when at the state level, California voters passed an initiative that would have uh, prevented state lawmakers from getting uh, their paychecks if a budget wasn't passed on time. So that's, that's another, I think, example of voters kind of supporting these ideas. So, you know, so I think in terms of in campaign politics, my guess is it probably polls pretty well. I think the application or actually an implementation of that kind of plan would be very difficult to do. Um, and it could also potentially backfire or create unintended consequences. You know, one of the things that the city has struggled with is retaining uh, employees and, and staffing up to the level uh, so that the city can provide the services that you know has been demanded of it. And so, you know, if you do have, uh, you know, cuts in pay or threats to cut pay, I think that also brings questions about, you know, attracting and retaining city employees. So there's lots of things to kind of think about in a plan like that. Also, how you would even measure that. Uh, How would you measure progress? How much progress would actually have to be made in order to sort of meet the metrics? But as mayor, you know, the mayor um, could not sort of single-handedly put that issue on the ballot. It would require... You know, if it would be a charter change, it would require, you know, the city council to do that. Or, you know, certainly the voters could put that on directly if there was a signature gathering campaign. But that, too, I think we've seen in recent years, is very difficult to put issues on the ballot directly without the city council's support. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. To be an entrepreneur, you have to have vision, confidence, and purpose. And like so many other business owners, you have to find resources that can help you through tough times. Comcast Rise changed my life. They put me in a unique space where I could scale on my own. More than 4,700 businesses have benefited from the Comcast Rise program. Apply today at ComcastRise.com for a variety of business, marketing, and tech makeovers on us. Keep rising. Looking for a design agency that can take your brand to the next level? Design in Mind is a woman-led design agency that specializes in branding mid-sized companies, startups, and even nonprofits. Reach out to discover how a better brand can help move your business forward and book a consultation at designim.com. Get ahead of the online application system by personally meeting hiring teams at the South Bay's largest in-person hiring event of 2022, the San Jose Career Expo. This event is open to anyone 16 years or older with no cost to participate, including validated parking. There will be over 70 employers and a wide range of roles with recruiters on site. Whether you are looking for seasonal work, your first job out of school, or even the next step in your career, join Work to Future and San Jose Works on September 23rd from 1 to 4 p.m. at the San Jose McHenry Convention Center South Hall in downtown San Jose. Your next great work opportunity is here. Now, as for Chavez, um, 
we talked to her last night and she agreed to stop using her private email for public business or at least copying her government email when she does so. Uh, this is a topic that we've covered extensively at San Jose Spotlight with uh, Mayor Licardo and his own private email use. We've written about um, uh, Supervisor Chavez and her email use. And when we reached out to the mayoral candidates, her and, and Mayhan, um, we didn't hear from her on if she would commit. And so I'm glad that we got her to commit yesterday. Th this is all a big preamble to getting your thoughts on her commitment, uh, given that, you know, the current Mayor Licardo has faced issues regarding his use of private private email to conduct city business? Well, I think it is an important thing for to get candidates to answer. The transparency is vitally important in any level of government. And it's important to the media. It's important to fact check. Uh, it's, you know, transparency that voters rely on to be able to make informed judgments about, you know, what kinds of decisions are being made and what kind of factors contributed to those decisions. So I think on one level, it's just, a question about good governance and transparency is one element in good governance. And I think one of the challenges I think that that uh, elected officials have today, especially as all of us walk around with our these really powerful computers in our pockets, but you know, doing a lot of quick messaging on your phone and not sitting down in front of a computer and paying really close attention to what you know server you're using or what inbox you're you're looking at and so i think there has been a lot of that over the years but that's not an excuse in the sense that i think certainly i think elected officials can put staff to, at the very beginning of their term in office making sure that you have the infrastructure and processes in place that you know information communication that you're doing is being captured uh, is publicly searchable and is something that journalists or whoever else wants to get access to the information can do so. Final question here. Um, it's more about the office of the mayor than either of the two candidates, but they both kind of touched on this last night. So Mayhan mentioned something about using the bully pulpit power of the mayor to manage government and push for changes beyond the halls of San Jose. Um, I take it bullies, you know, being kind of strong arm, being loud, being vocal, being uh, able to call attention to whatever issue you're bringing up. At the same time, um, Chavez spoke on that separately, and she reflected on how in dealing as a county supervisor in the county dealing with the city, um, sometimes it was stressful working with uh, existing Mayor Licardo, who's got this bully pulpit power approach. She said that it was challenging because Licardo would point fingers and um, blame people instead of trying to resolve issues or work together to try to solve issues. I'm curious what you think about this bullying tactic as... Um, is it is it an optimal way to address the city's needs when the mayor is only one vote on the council? What what kind of um, results will this tactic really have? Well, the city of San Jose does not have a strong mayor. I mean, they and, the, and so the mayor, although uh, the mayor's position has considerable power, they can certainly vote on policies, propose a budget, and so forth. But they don't have veto power on a lot of other powers that true, quote unquote, strong mayors have. So one of the primary tools that a mayor in a city of this size has at his or her disposal is, you know, as you mentioned, the bully pulpit, the sort of a megaphone to try to to pay it, uh, get the public to pay attention to some issues rather than others, to kind of frame the meaning of issues in the sense of how do we come to understand problems and how how do that affects the kinds of policies that we might might pursue. So I think, you know, a mayor, that's one of the primary things that they, the tools that they have in their toolbox. And certainly Mayor Licardo has used that uh, extensively as, you know, as all mayors have in sort of the modern uh, modern era when we have mass communication and those kinds of messages can get 
uh, distributed very quickly. In Lucardo's term, I think he's primarily used that. I think what, what Chavez, my, my sense is what she was talking about, is particularly on issues of uh, in public safety and crime. Lucardo has often accused the, the county of being, sort of, quote unquote, too soft on crime or, um, you know, especially on the uh, recent efforts during the pandemic to decrease the number of people in county jails that he suggests has been leading to crime. I think the data on that is actually really noisy. I think we need a lot more clarity. There's, I don't think there is clear evidence that uh, the, the shifts in, in county policies and jails has actually led to increases in crime. So, but again, it's a you know it's a it's a tactic that's been used uh, by governors and other mayors and so forth. But I think to the to your larger question, though, it is vitally important, especially on these issues that are so complicated that do overlap governing jurisdictions between the county and the city or multiple cities or or across counties that elected officials do promise and work hard and put their staff in, 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 in trying to communicate and solve problems uh, that, that do cross these, these, these jurisdictional boundaries. Without that, um, a lot of these really most challenging problems won't be addressed and we'll continue to, to talk about these things in the way that we are for, for some time. For listeners who still want to catch the forum, we have the full uh, video. It's about an hour available on our YouTube channel. And we also have an article uh, you can read that summarizes. It's also got the video embedded in it in uh, our website, SanJoseSpotlight.com. Garrett Percival, professor with San Jose State University, chair of the political science department. Thank you so much for joining me again. Great. Thanks for having me. That's it for this episode of The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight. I'm editor Nick Preciado. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.